if I nod off during your segment. It's <laughs> fine. I'll just cut uh, commentary from a different episode and plug it Perfect. in. No one will know. Do you want me to just start throwing it? Some- oh, wow. Yes, please. Oh, what? How cool. Oh, I love her. Done. Perfect. Great. Done. Welcome to your Black Friday edition of You Say Bitch Like It's a Bad Thing. Whoop whoop. And if you are listening to this on any other day, then welcome to just another episode <laughs> of You Say Bitch Like It's a Bad Thing. <laughs> Um, so I'm pretty sure neither of us have news this week. No, I got nothing. Cool, cool. Um, checking in then, eh? Yeah. Man, we're shaving like half an hour. I know. already. Look Quickest, and my segment's decently short, so. Nice. Uh, my bad bitch is 20 pages long. Seriously? No. Oh, I was like, what? <laughs> You're like, when did you find the time to write that? Like, it is 6.14 on a Tuesday. Um, no, no. Not planning on sleeping tonight. Cool. No, Good no. to know. You know, sleep is overrated. It's fine. If I nod off during your segment. It's <laughs> fine. I'll just cut uh, commentary from a different episode and plug it Perfect. in. No one will know. <sighs> no one will know. How will they know? They're not going to know. Speaking of things no one knows, that's how our week was. Yeah. Until right now. Who wants to go first? <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> um, my five words were amazing week, even better weekend. Oh. Love it. Yeah. Um, My five words. Not even going to wait for you to ask. We're just going to dive right in. I mean, I was waiting without asking anyway, so it's fine. Okay. Um, My five words for the week. Stressful. Week was stressful. Uh, Exciting. Party. Woo! Exhausted and sore. Uh, Somehow I am more more sore after we had our, like, my company party this weekend, and Carissa was my lovely, beautiful plus one. I highly suggest it. Everyone be your best friend's plus one to the company party. <laughs> it's so fun. Do they have a significant other? Fuck them. Go to the party <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, but I think that I was more sore after the party than I was after the half marathon. Yeah. And that, like, sitting down is very painful for me right now. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I did. I'm thinking dance floor. I think was so I too. like in a low squat for most of the dance floor? Oh, we okay. They played <laughs> oh, get low. No. They did. And I have never gotten fully low. I don't think ever in that song. No. We got all the way to the ground on every every single time he sang the chorus. We, we were on the floor. Dropped it like I think my butt touched the floor at one point. Yes. I think I took my shoes off like halfway during that song. And if I wouldn't have taken my shoes off, my butt would not have hit the floor. But I, that is, yep. That's what it is. Screaming back to me right now. I forgot about I, that. Wow. 
Yeah, I don't think I've ever... And I don't remember, like, grunting and groaning no! to get back up. See, I think I, it was very smooth, very sexy. I remember every time I did it, in, in my head being like, oh, wow, that was pretty good. Oh, <laughs> oh wow, that didn't even hurt. I'm going to pay for this later. Yeah, completely yep. forgot about it. All right. I'm going to say that was, a, that was a decent contributor to uh, my soreness. Yeah. My shoes also didn't help. Yeah, but they looked so good. Can we talk about our last minute shoe oh. uh, escapade? <laughs> yes. Because that might be one of, oh my gosh, favorite things that we did this weekend. <laughs> um, so I bought these shoes. There's a whole big backstory with these shoes. But long story short, I was sent a dress instead of the shoes. So I had to get shoes. That's actually not long story. That's pretty That's much the whole yeah. story. Uh, and they turned out to be super narrow for my feet. Which never happens because I feel like I don't have decently yeah. wide feet. I have pretty narrow feet. Um, so they didn't fit. I brought them and I was like, well, we'll see. Right. We'll see what happens. Um, so it got to be like, I don't know, hour and a half before the party. And like things happened that day. I met up with some friends and like we were going to go to the mall and didn't end up happening. I was like, Wah. um, And... So we're like, well, let's go. There's a Kohl's nearby. Yeah. Let's, let's try the Kohl's. So we go to Kohl's. They don't have any heeled black no. shoes. They have like boots and athletic shoes. Like combat boots. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like the closest thing to it. I think they had some nude, like one pair of nude heels. Yes. But I was like, that wouldn't have gone with my dress. So then we went to, there's a famous footwear. And yeah. we're like, surely a famous footwear would have dress shoes for women. No, they did not. Crocs in every single color imaginable. <laughs> and I was at that point tempted to say fuck it and buy a pair of like we, American flag Crocs. We should have just worn Crocs. We should have. It would have been very comfortable. Next time. We'll be ready to croc and roll all night. That was glorious. Thank you. Um. So then we're like, well, you know what? There's a Target. We'll just see. I've never really had good luck with buying shoes at Target, like dress shoes at Target. It's so hit or miss. Like, I never go to Target to buy shoes, like, if I need shoes. Yeah. Because they never have what I want. Yeah. They only have what I want when I don't want to buy shoes. Yes. I feel like that's the same with, like, TJ Maxx in general. Like, I go to TJ Maxx for, like, a specific thing and they don't have it. But then if I just go to look around, I end up spending, like, 80 bucks on things I don't need. Yep the worst i hate it but anyway you and i both walked out of target with new shoes we did and we both wore them that night without breaking them in did you bleed no i didn't oh bleed either. i might have like the tiniest on the back of my heel oh it like a blister a i don't know i don't know if it was a blister if it just like cut r- oh, or like rubbed it raw a yeah, bit. yeah i can't tell and yeah. i have two tiny blisters so it had one of those Thick straps across the toes. Yeah. I have two tiny blisters here and here. Oh, funny. It's so weird. But I think they're, they might even be gone now. But nice. yeah. But I didn't take them off all night long, which yeah. is. Oh, that's. Probably a first at a yeah. party like that for me. Yeah. I didn't get any blisters. And I'm notori- My feet are notorious for getting blisters. Yeah. So that's. I'm going to call that a success story. Magical Target shoes. Yes. But how are you? Sorry, I just burped. <laughs> Gross. It was real gross. <laughs> it was ugh. probably didn't come through on the mic. It did not. Holy buckets. Mm, yum. Uh <laughs> how are you on this lovely um, Tuesday evening? Well, I'm gonna steal one of your words from the last week. Uh, mm. because today I am sore. And I don't know how much of it from dancing is 
That wasn't a sentence. It's, you know, let's take two. Yeah. I don't know how much of that was from dancing or how much of that was from the fact that I fell yesterday. Yeah. On my run. And now that I'm old, my body is just... My... Every abdominal on the left side of my body hurts so bad. Did you land on your left side? I think because my right toe caught. Oh, and you, So yeah. I think I landed slightly okay. on the right side. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. I love being old. It's so much fun. How are you? Oh, that's a loaded question. Um... I'm emotional right now. Okay. Yeah. We'll go with that. I'm emotional. Emotion. Emotion. And I've got some pretty strong emotions coming up next. Yes. Segway? Segway. Boom. Sure. Segway. Crushed it. Um, alrighty. So this topic is pretty relative. That's the right word. I was like, is that the right word? Spoiler alert, I haven't looked at this since yesterday, so <laughs> it's fine. Bear with me. Um, topical. Let's go with topical. There we go. So this topic is topical. <laughs> like gonna, you apply it to your skin. <laughs> I'm going to file that away in the uh, Department of Redundancy Department. Um, but yeah, seeing as this episode comes out on Black Friday, let's, let's bitch about Black Friday. Yes, please. Yeah, cool. Uh, so, like anything we talk about before we dive into why it sucks, uh, let's get some background on the subject, shall we? Yes, we shall. Okay, I was like, that's not a rhetorical <laughs> question. I was actually looking for feedback. Sorry. Um, yes, I would love to. Thank you. Okay, so there are a lot of myths about where Black Friday came from and how it got its origins. The very first instance, do you know the very first instance of the term Black Friday? No. Okay. The only thing I have heard about Black Friday is that it's called Black Friday because I used to always be confused as a child because I was like, is it like dark or sad? Yeah. I don't understand, which like when people die, so kind of it is. Right. Um, But it has to do with like getting into the black. Okay. Is what I've heard. I've heard it's at... Good God itself. It's like my brain is three steps ahead of me. Um... (laughs) Yeah, I've heard it's called Black Friday because it's getting into the black money-wise. Okay. Okay. That is one of the things okay. that I'm going to talk about. Um, so the very first instance where uh, someone used the term Black Friday, uh, it actually had nothing to do with shopping, but it did have to do with money. Uh, the first use was coined, pun totally intended, uh, to name the U.S. gold market crash on September 24th, 1869. Oh. Uh, two pretty shitty Wall Street guys... Jay Gould and Jim Fisk, uh, decided that they were going to just be assholes and buy up as much of the country's gold as they could, uh, decreasing supply and increasing demand, uh, which made the price of gold skyrocket and caused the market to crash later that week, bankrupting pretty much everyone. Can you imagine being one of those two people? No. Bankrupting, like, the entire country? Yeah. The the article that I read said that, like, everyone from, like, legit, like, Wall Street. Yeah. Businessmen to farmers. Holy shit. Bankrupt. And now that you mention that, I have heard of Black Friday in that context. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
Um, yeah, that was the very first mention of Black Friday. And like I said, many myths circulating about how the day after Thanksgiving came to be called that same name. Is so, it because we all go bankrupt spending all of our money? It it, it No, it's not. Um, <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> it would. Yeah. Um, so according to History.com, me citing my sources, um, the most commonly repeated story behind the Thanksgiving shopping relating Black Friday tradition is the one that you had mentioned. Okay. Um, as the story goes, after an entire year of operating at a loss where businesses are in the red, stores would earn a profit or go into the black the day after Thanksgiving. Um, Which also, if your company is operating at a loss for... For 99% yes, of the year. That's problematic. Am I wrong? <laughs> no, that's pretty... It's pretty accurate. Um, so... The article I read said that it's true that retail companies would use red and black to record losses and profits, yeah. but uh, it's not the reason why okay. it is called Black Friday. Um, recently, there's another myth that has surfaced uh, that said that back in the 1800s, Southern plantation owners could buy slave workers at a discount on the day after Thanksgiving. Oh. That one also, there's no facts to back that up. Okay, good. Um, just something Ooh. that circulated on the internet. But yeah, it did not give me a good um, good feeling Yuck. listening to that. So here's the real story. Hold on to your butts. Literally wrote that down. <laughs> so 1950s, mm-hmm. city of Philadelphia. Yeah. What is something that happens the day after Thanksgiving Actually, nope, I'm not going to ask that because that's only relative to pretty much my family. So <laughs> I was like, uh, <laughs> probably, I don't know. Okay. I just sleep a lot. Uh, college football. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So every year, the day after Thanksgiving, there was a huge Army-Navy football game that was held in Philadelphia, which meant huge groups of fans, shoppers, and tourists that would come to the city. Police ended up using the phrase Black Friday to describe that day because they were never able to take the day off and they would have to put up with extra long shifts dealing with the increase of people, the crowds, the traffic, and shoplifters who oh. took advantage of a distors. Okay. So by 1961, Black Friday really became a thing in Philadelphia. So much so that, like, city store owners and business owners, they were like, well, we got to come up with something better to call it. So they started calling it Big Friday to get rid of the negative connotation. Fair. Uh, Did not work. Obviously. Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So... Sometime in probably, like, the late 1980s, uh, retailers were able to, they're like, well, we can't get rid of this term, so what can we do to make it a positive thing instead of a negative thing? And that's when they started turning their sales to black, so to speak. Interesting. Okay. By offering a bunch of discounted items and door busters, and now it's become this whole hoopla of, like... Four freaking days. Yeah, or more. Or, yeah. People started, I, well, some stores, I started seeing, like, Black Friday sales now after the, after Halloween. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Do you remember back, well, I'm sure people still do it, but I don't hear about it as much. People camping out. Yeah. People, <laughs> I don't think people do it as much anymore because they start early. Yeah. Like, it made sense when they started at four in the morning. Yeah. Yep. I remember, have you ever, like, legit gone Black Friday shopping? I was going to ask you the same thing. I have not. So the okay. only, 
The only time I've ever gone Black Friday shopping was a year or two with some of my family down south. They were, like, insistent on going. And it mm-hmm. was on Thanksgiving Day because right. Black Friday isn't Black Friday anymore. Right. Um, and they they wanted to go to Walmart. And it Oof. opened at a very specific time. So yep. we didn't – I don't think we waited outside the door, but no. Okay. Walmart is open all the time. Yes. The sales started at a specific oh. time. So we had to go there to be there in time for the sales. And then yep. people just kind of like stock the things yeah. that they wanted. And yeah. I, didn't, I didn't buy anything. I just watched, which was incredible. Yeah. But other than that, I either – don't shop on Black Friday or I, like, do a couple online things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've gone a couple times. One with my dad in redacted town name here. Um, and we went to – I swear that man had a plan. We were sticking to that plan. We were to spend no more than X amount of minutes in each store. I swear if he – if we both would have worn a watch, he would have would have made us sink, sink them. I, that doesn't surprise me for a second. Yeah. Um, I remember going to Walmart. I remember going to Target. I remember going to Menards. That's a choice. Yeah. That, I think, was the scariest. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> the people who shop at Menards are... It's a type of people. It's... Yeah. And then I went once with a couple of friends, and we just went to different stores in the mall. Yeah. Super early in the morning. And it was fine. But... I'm also... Well, more so now I am, but... Back in the day when doorbusters and things started at 4 a.m., I was not a morning person. <laughs> and I'm still so, not a morning person. There was, like, nothing I wanted bad enough to get out of bed at 4 in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel. But like, I remember right hearing, now. like, I think my dad went a couple times to get, like, a Wii or a PS4 or something. Yeah. Yep. Um, probably the Furby craze because I did get a Furby for Christmas. The oh. Year that came out. Um, and God, those were terrifying. They were. I hadn't thought about like a Furby in a long time. I, and they were weird. Mine was possessed. <laughs> I think they all I think were. They all were. But like, you know, like most things, I'm like, it's not really possessed. People are just crazy. So they're not supposed to turn on unless you turn them upside down, right? Right. Mine would turn on <laughs> in the middle of the night. Sitting upright in my fucking closet. Nope. Nope. Don't like it. I don't get scared of things very often. I eventually, I used to like wake up on my desk. So I put it in my closet. It would wake up in the middle of the night in my closet. So I eventually put it in my laundry hamper at the bottom, (laughs) covered it with clothes and like put it in the room that's like back and through our bathroom. Oh my gosh. No. No. That's one toy that I'm glad I never got because I, it would have. Ugh, no. They were great until they became possessed. I would like to have sat in on the development meeting for Furbies. <laughs> yes. I just love the fact that, like, they have their own language. Yeah. Like, watching grown-ass adults trying to come up with that <laughs> would have been hilarious. It was probably just, like, drunk guy in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, Carl, say this sentence. <laughs> Carl's like, Flatter Burger. <laughs> They're like, write it down. <laughs> Give him another shot. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I remember Thanksgiving after we'd eat, my dad would pull out the ads and give us a pen, and we'd have to circle things that we wanted for yeah. Christmas that he could go out and get on Black Friday. Yeah. 
I also remember my parents talking about going to Kohl's. Mm. Oh, I remember. This was a whole story. That's why I remember this. I remember them going to Kohl's. Yeah. And they had the plan that, like, one of them was going to go ahead and stand in line. Yeah. At the register while the other one went and, like, grabbed the shit and then they were going to meet up. Yeah. But what happened is there are two lines at Kohl's, like, two entrances at Kohl's. Yeah. And lines at both of them. And so one of them went to one line <gasps> no tried to find the other one at the other line see that wouldn't have happened if they had a plan like get the blue map the blue map i know the blueprint wow i'm fine technically it's a blue map it is a blue map thank so, you thank you for validating that of course also, i feel like just... i'm talking in furby language right now <laughs> <laughs> you're not even drunk no i wish i was <laughs> uh, also sorry parents for sparking that <clears throat> reminder you're probably fighting right now yeah, <laughs> it's in the past. Just forget I about it. I said the east door. <laughs> no, you didn't. My mom's like, I don't know what east is. <laughs> Speak to me in left and right, please. I'm the same way. Chris's mom. It's fine. Tell me what department it's by. Yeah. <laughs> Although in Kohl's, the women's department is like the whole store. Yeah. So. Yeah. Ugh. Uh. So yeah, that's the uh, the history, the origin of Black Friday. Um, so now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's talk about why it sucks even more. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are so many articles out there that I found about why people should avoid Black Fr- Black Friday. But since we don't have all night, um, I figure we could just talk about the things that suck. Let's do it. About Black Friday. I have a few written down. If you have any others, feel free to chime in. Cool. We can just chat. Uh, number one, sucks for the employees. Oh, my God. Yes. Especially as they start earlier and earlier. It's like people can't even have the holiday off. Yeah. Yep. They have to work the holiday and the next day. Mm-hmm. Have you ever worked in retail during Black Friday? Yes. Okay. I thought so. Yes. Um, I have worked in a couple of retail jobs, but my very first retail job, I was in college and I worked at a department store and... My second day <gasps> no. was Black Who Friday. let you start? What asshole let you start? I wore heels. No. Mm, nope. Nope. I didn't know. I had no idea. Oh, no. <clears throat> it was a bad choice. I was almost in tears by the time uh, it ended. And, uh... Yeah, at that moment, I realized I was not cut out for retail. Yeah. Not a fan. Yeah. And it was like, I was working in the home section. So, like, that's where all of the doorbusters were. I didn't know oh. where anything was. Oh, no. And so people were coming up to me being like, hey, do you still have any more of these? <laughs> and I went, nope, we sold out <laughs> to everyone, to literally everyone. I didn't even check. I was over it, like, five minutes in. <laughs> I very, very specifically remember one. I think it was like a, a projector of some kind. And uh, a woman came up to me and was like, do you have any more of these? I was like, nope, sold out. And as I was walking away from her, I see them. And I was like, no. I don't even. Nope, it's fine. And this is why I never ask retail employees. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. Because <laughs> you can get can't, one like me. They can't be trusted. <laughs> Um, did you have anyone that was an asshole? Because I know, like, that's a huge... I mean, in retail in general, like, customers just suck. Yeah. But I feel like Black Friday, like, people feel entitled oh, to yeah. those deals. Yeah. 
No, I don't remember any specific instance that happened. I think it helped that I didn't have the early shift. I don't know what I would have done if I had had to go in right in the morning. Yeah. And like the crowds had died down at the time that I was there. There were still deals going on, but the doorbusters were all gone and all that stuff. So um, were they? Just kidding. They were over. I know what you mean. They were over. I remember having to take down some of the signs. I hope I took down the right signs. I don't know. It was my second day. Listen, once at Best Buy, someone left the sign up for Black Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got something for half off. Nice. When I wasn't supposed to. Nice. And we got thanked for telling them that the sign was still up. So <laughs> Win-win. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. I just, I feel like. People need to treat retail workers with a lot more respect in general, but especially on Black Friday where they're already working long hours. They have to, like, leave Thanksgiving early, potentially have to work on Thanksgiving now. Like, ugh, it just sucks. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And it's, like, a busier day than normal. It's, like, people don't acknowledge that. No. How much harder a busy day is on a retail worker. Yeah. Don't wear heels. If you see a retail worker wearing heels, buy them new shoes. I was like, offer them your shoes. <laughs> I wish someone would have done that to me. God. To like 19 year old Kendra. Ugh, yeah. Um, let's bring it back to doorbusters. <laughs> I saw so many articles that are like, doorbusters are a scam. They're, you're not actually paying any less than you would on any other sale. Blah, blah, blah. I think the whole doorbusters thing is stupid um they're created to make consumers act on impulse yes which is never good your brain isn't probably fully awake at like four in the morning anyway when you have to get there no um i tried to do a little bit more digging on it but unfortunately whenever i typed in black friday doorbusters (laughs) with anything else it didn't matter what like the rest of that google search was it was like here are the upcoming black friday doorbusters like no it's not what i want tell me why i shouldn't do that yeah right but and they're like no but you should do you ever wish (laughs) you could have this oh here we go do you wish you could have this product for the same amount as our normal sales <coughs> but with added dopamine Ooh! because here's the thing recently i learned that um i mean like almost everyone gets dopamine from shopping but i yeah. think black friday especially takes advantage of people with uh adhd oh yes because people with adhd lack impulse control yep and also their like dopamine receptors are different yeah so they get extreme dopamine from things like purchases yeah so when they're thinking they're getting a deal they're getting dopamine from that they're making those impulse decisions because they can't say no Mm -hmm. and they're getting the dopamine from um like purchasing something so it's just like just taking advantage of people and a lot of people like can't afford it yeah and that ties in very nicely to my third point um that it creates a herd mentality and i'd never thought about this but it really does um there was an article that was posted in empower finance um and the author said this and i was like this is fantastic Black Friday creates a herd mentality that encourages people to buy things that they don't want or don't even love that much because of the perceived scarcity of the deals 
That makes a lot of sense. Do you know how many movies I have bought on Black Friday? Like DVDs because they're like three bucks and I've never watched them. (sighs) Yeah. I remember standing in line at Target the, the other time I went Black Friday shopping with my friends. I bought like six movies. Yeah. And I was like, this is great. I don't know if I've watched any of them. I think I gave some of them away because I was like, why the hell did I spend money on this? Yep. Just because it was there, because it was cheap. Yep. And because I wanted to participate. Yes. Yeah, that's the other thing. If you're going to take the, like, time and energy to go out on Black Friday and then not buy anything, like, it's a massive waste of your time. Yeah. So even if you don't find any deals that you want... Yep. You're going to buy something you don't need. Yep. Ugh. You're like, I could be in bed right now, but instead, I'm out here. <laughs> instead, I'm out here and I'm cranky, so I'm going to buy something and hope I get some dopamine from it. Yeah. And then regret it later. Yep. Fun. Super fun. Um, It's also super bad for the environment. Oh, yeah. I forget about this. Yeah. Uh, so I found an article from Forbes that uh, I believe was written by someone who was English because they talked a lot about British stats and I found it very, very fascinating. I'm very curious to see if there are any stats. I didn't have time to look. Yeah. Um, but see if there are any stats for the U.S. or worldwide. Um, but according to this article, 2020 British Black Friday was expected to churn out 429,000 metric tons of greenhouse gas emissions. Whoa. Which is the equivalent of 435 return flights from London to New York. Oh. Or about the same weight as 61,308 elephants. Holy shit. Yep. And that was 2020. So no one was going anywhere. Right. That was just online. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Um, they also did another study. They were like, okay, so what, what method of Black Friday shopping is most eco-friendly? Yeah. Um, so they did a study and researchers found that in general, purchases that you make online, but you go and get from the store, generate lower emissions than going to the store. Interesting. Yes. I'm not sure how. Interesting. Huh. Oh, the number of items purchased and the last mile travel distance are the dominant contributors to the variability. Oh. So maybe, and this is a freaking long article, but maybe if you're ordering online, you would get, you're more likely to pick up more things that would save you trips in the future. Oh, I could see that. Instead of if you go to the store on Black Friday, you're probably only going to get, you're not going to spend a lot of time milling around and be like, oh, I need dish soap and I need this and I need that, you know? Yep. So maybe that's it. I wonder if they also somehow factor in like, if everyone's going to the store, more employees have to work. That could, yeah. Yeah. And... I feel like if you're going out, you're more likely to, like, hit up more stores. Yeah. And if you're like, I'm just gonna 
buy from Target and like Joanne. Yeah. So that's where I would find them. Oh. And Michael's. Yeah. But then you're not going anywhere else because you only bought those three places. Yep. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Sorry, someone tried to call me. I don't. Scam! Scam! Get out of here. <clears throat> uh, so yeah, those are the four things that I hate about Black Friday. What do you hate about Black Friday? Um, well, one more thing before we move on about uh, sustainability. Yeah. How it's bad for the environment. Yeah. I couldn't think of the word I needed. Um, I also think, like, when you think about all the ads... Oh, get, yes. How much waste that creates. Yes. Most people probably don't recycle that. Nope. Um, and then all of the like signage and mm-hmm. packaging and like yes. special packaging in the stores. Yep. Like that adds too. Even like doesn't Amazon have a Black Friday like box? Yes, I think so. That they use or like tape or something. They do something different over Black Friday. Which, speaking of... Amazon workers are striking this Black Friday. Yes. So good for them. Yes, they are. Heh. Heh. Suck it, Zuck. <laughs> Zuck it. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I just hate him a lot. Although that's Bezos. Oh. Not Zuck. Well, Zuck can suck it too. <laughs> if you have billions of dollars... <laughs> Get fucked. <laughs> the end. End of story. <laughs> All right, great. Uh, who's your bad bitch? No, just kidding. Oh, okay. What else do I hate about Black Friday? Yeah. Um, well, I feel like I've done a lot of talking <laughs> in my segment. It's your fucking segment. So, um, this isn't like super relevant anymore, but remember when we were kids and like, People would die. Yes. Like, people were being trampled. Yeah, the stampedes. shot over these deals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't, I guess, I don't have kids. I feel like most of them happened over children's items. Yes. Right? Yes. Like, I don't have kids. I understand that, like, giving them what they want is a big deal. And so, since I don't have kids, I obviously don't understand that fully, but, like, I cannot imagine murdering a person to make sure my child gets the gift that they want. No. Or like, okay. I don't know why. Trevor. I don't know why that's the name I chose. It just sounds like something a Trevor would do. You didn't need the iPhone 3 badly enough. Yeah. To shoot someone over it. Yes. Absolutely. So. Or to wait, like... Yeah. Three weeks. I yeah. mean, I guess it's a little more expensive. But you know what? You saved 30 bucks, and that family now has to spend thousands of dollars on a funeral. Mm-hmm. I just it I never understood that. Blows my mind. Like, I was terrified of going Black Friday shopping. Yeah. For a long time. I would have never gone, like, up to the Twin Cities. Oh, God. Never. No. It, never in my life. I still probably wouldn't do it. So that's shitty. Yeah, super shitty. Um, don't kill people while you shop. No. It's also, not worth it. I just have to say being trampled to death has got to be one of the, like, worst ways to die. I, ugh, yeah, I couldn't imagine. Especially after, like, recent events. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, man. I, ugh. Um, then the only other thing I can think of off the top of my head is 
I have heard that now a lot of stores will modify their prices through the year mm-hmm. so that the price, the like Black Friday deal you pay is actually the normal price. Oh, I hate that. I had a Facebook friend who, I can't remember what it was, but there were a couple different toys she wanted, she really wanted to buy her children for Christmas. Yeah. And she had been keeping an eye on the prices, and she said they started raising them in, like, June, so people wouldn't catch up, catch on to it, and they just slowly raised it all through November. Oh my god! So that with those huge Black Friday deals, it was the same price as it would have been if you had just bought it in June. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. That fuck... Yeah. That sucks. That makes me so mad. Stores, be better. Right? Listen, you don't need the money. No. You're fine. No. It's for the children. I know. But the children love the <laughs> books. How many times can I throw that reference in? Um, That's twice. How many times can I cut it out? Damn it. That would be twice. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot you cut that out. Or I leave this one in and just leaves people guessing as to where the other one was. Oh. Email us at usabpodcast at gmail.com if you can figure out where I threw in the other reference. Ooh. You'll win a redacted prize here. I would tell you what episode it was in, but I want you to go and listen to all of them to see if you can figure (laughs) it out. You'll only know if you download or pay for our Patreon. Just oh, kidding. it's not on our Patreon. The answer could be though. One of the posts is just episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it could be. Uh, those are the only things I can think of. Okay. Black Friday sucks. Oh, also, just I mean, this is like a holiday shopping in general. But yeah. Like I feel like we've created a culture of like we need to spend lots of money on yeah. people. For Christmas, and even if that means you have to go into debt. Yeah. And I feel like Black Friday is a scam to be like, oh, you don't have to go into debt because of these deals. But then you end up buying more anyway. And so, like, a lot of people, maybe the stores are going into the black, but a lot of, like, families are going into the red. Yeah. On Black Friday. And that's really (sighs) shitty. It is. I know that there are a lot of um, big business owners who listen to this yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Bezos. Zach. Yeah. Yeah. Take notes, gentlemen. Be better. Be better. But how? How can we be better? I don't know. Tell me. Don't give in to the Black Friday temptations. Don't. don't just don't do it. Just don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. If you do, however, support local businesses yeah. who need your money a hell of a lot more than the big stores do, um, and support them instead. Don't shop on Thanksgiving. Yes. Just don't do it. I have a list of just some of the major stores that are not open on Thanksgiving. Um, these are the stores... That will not be open on Thanksgiving. Be like them. Be like them. Bed Bath & Beyond, Best Buy, Costco, Dick's Sporting Goods, JCPenney, Kohl's, Lowe's, Macy, Petco, PetSmart, REI, Target, Walmart, Sam's Club, and Ulta. Love it. Love to see it. Isn't REI also closed on Black Friday? 
I'm not sure. Probably. I feel like they're usually like, hey, go the fuck outside. (laughs) (laughs) That's their official Black Friday slogan. That should be their overall slogan. Hire me. (laughs) REI. Go the fuck outside. I love my job, but if I could work at REI and make that their slogan, (laughs) I'll leave my job for you. Yeah, they're closed on they're closed on Black Friday as well. They, yeah, they do the opt out side. Support REI. REI is the best. Also, uh, if you join the co op, um, and you make like a purchase a year, you'll get your like co op bucks back, and they have really cute Nalgene bottles ooh. that are like fifteen bucks, and you have your like refund, and you basically get a free one every year. It's like the bomb. Plus, if you like the outdoors, they just have really good shit. I do. I don't need any more subscriptions to places, but I just might have to now that I know that they don't take advantage of their workers. Yeah. Or the general public. That's what we like to see. Thank you, REI. Sponsor us. I was just going to say that. I was like slowly leaning toward the mic as you said that. Oh, yeah. Just be smart. About where you shop, how you shop this holiday season. Realize that Black Friday deals are not all they're cracked up to be. Yeah. Also, the older I get, the more I'm like, you know what's cool? Experiences. Yes. That's why I'm having a really hard time coming up with a Christmas list this year. Because I have like three items that I would like. Yeah. I could buy them myself if I wanted to. Right? I always have, like, one thing that I feel bad asking for because it's too expensive. Mm-hmm. And then, like, a bunch of things that are, like, I, yeah, I could just go yeah. buy them myself. I can I can get a plank of wood from Menards <laughs> and use it as a bathtub tray. Like. <laughs> Please do. I can spend, I'm going there after this. Maybe I will. Uh, I took a bath last night. I was like, oh. it would be so nice to have just a plank of wood. That would be so nice on my sore abs. <laughs> <laughs> my left side. Highly suggest. Noted. It's a, it's a good time. It's a Noted. Yeah. Okay, so Kendra wants a plank of wood. For- I've got like a... <laughs> uh, like, shelf from a shelving unit, but it's like just the shelf part. <gasps> I do, too. Maybe I only have two things on my Christmas list. I'll have to see if it, like... Sorry, Mom and Dad. If it fits. Yeah, my, my mom is listening going, damn it! She's, like, crossing the <laughs> plank of wood. Fine. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. It's... I do. I do have... And it's white, and it would match my bathtub. <laughs> I just don't know if it would fit across the whole thing. Right. Listen, if you're looking for gift ideas that you don't have to buy on Black Friday, <laughs> llama yoga. <gasps> for all your friends. Yes. Oh, I want to go back. I know. Same. Is oh. it too cold? I was just going to say not right now. I think it's too cold. <laughs> it probably wouldn't be cold for the llamas, but it would be cold for us. Damn llamas. I know. How many clothes is too many clothes to do yoga in? The limit does not exist. Done. We're like... <laughs> Michelin. We can't Michelin touch. We can't do any yoga, actually. Just, I was like, just, tapping the llamas. I was just going to say, neither of us could bend over to touch our toes, but one of us already has that box checked. Readers? It me. I can't. You're the head of the game. It would be a great excuse. No, oh, I can't. Oh, it's oh I can't touch oh. my toes. Too many layers. Darn it. That would... Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> do you... 
Christmas gift that can give your children nightmares for years to come, and then you have to put in your laundry basket so that you're not possessed? Have you ever thought, my house isn't nearly haunted enough, <laughs> what else can I do to add to the creep factor at nighttime? Furbies! Ever heard of them? Schmurgledy-derfder! You turned into the Swedish chef there for a second. I don't remember what Furby said. Furby-derb! La-la! That's what I would say. Oh. Is that my Furby or is that me? You'll never know until you buy one. I didn't have a Furby growing up, so I don't really know what they sounded like. That's pretty fucking accurate. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Furby. Never again. Burn them all. Except apparently they were coming back and there was a tiny part of me that wanted to buy one. Absolutely not. What if it's like sitting under your seat right now? <laughs> I see like glowing red eyes coming from the Can you imagine? <laughs> we do white Christmas gifts sometimes <laughs> and one of us buys a Furby. Everyone's like, please take this from me. It's going to be the new poopsie surprise. Listen, poopsie surprises are the shit. Literally. They're so good. They're really fun. Buy those. Yeah. But not on Black Friday. No. Also, if you get the one that smells like garlic, yeah, let yeah. us know what you actually think it is. I'm still, I have that one. It is no longer, um, Squishy. like, slimy. Yeah. Uh, it's very hard and right now, but it does still smell mildly of garlic, and I'm... Still very confused about it. That is the weirdest thing. It is literally like they took garlic butter <laughs> and put it on this slime. I remember drunkenly sitting in that hotel room trying to find if there was a list yes! of scents anywhere. Same. I, I Either know, someone uh, made a choice. Uh... With the scent choice. Or we were all having a collective stroke. Uh, I don't know. I feel like someone was, like, quitting. They were, like, pissed off. And they were, like, We got, like, the one. Yeah. (laughs) The one out there that smells like garlic butter. Brutal. Yeah. But still a great gift. Always. We gotta do another one of those. We do. Let's do it right now. Okay. I'm sure there's got to be one in this room. I'm positive. I think there is. I don't know why I'm looking at your food. Because <laughs> it's a shelf. We should do one of those. We should get drunk and do one of those for a Patreon. Yes. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. Are you in? You have to join Patreon first. Okay. I thought you were asking me. It'll be fun. We promise. You're like it was my idea. <laughs> I, you, you literally just said Listen we should do it to for Patreon. women. Please. <laughs> oh man. Speaking of listening to women, yeah. You ready for a bad bitch? I am so ready to listen to you talking about another woman. That sounds weird. I like know. It. I know. Mm. I tried. I appreciate it. Thank you. Today, yes, I am going to tell you about a bad bitch that is still living. 
Oh, I know. that doesn't happen very often. I know. We've been very historical recently, and so I wanted to do someone modern. I'm going to tell you about Lindy West. Oh, I do not know who that is. Let me, let me get comfy. So some of you may recognize the name Lindy West. Um, you might know her from a few different places, but uh, if you don't, I'm not going to tell you what they are now. We'll touch on those later. So she was born March 9th. 1982 in Seattle, Washington. She was the daughter of a nurse and a musician, and she had a pretty normal childhood. Like most of our bad bitches who are still alive. Yep. We don't know a whole lot about their history. Um, but she grew up, she attended Occidental College in LA, where she graduated with an English degree and a case of imposter syndrome. Well, that sounds like no Occident. Okay. Totally on purpose. God damn you. <laughs> so good. Thank you. <clears throat> And after college, she stayed in L.A. for a little bit, but she really didn't enjoy her time in L.A. Mm -hmm. So not long after college, she moved back to Seattle. Uh, in 2009, she got a job writing for The Stranger. So she's a writer and she's a comedian. She's fucking hilarious. Um, and so she writes for this paper, or I think it's a paper. It literally says that in the next sentence. <laughs> Great job, self. <laughs> uh, it's an alternative weekly newspaper in Seattle. And this job seems really cool because basically they sent her out to like pop culture events and yeah. things and she would like go to movies and go to events and cool. like write about it they sent her to um are you familiar with the book the red tent yes so there was like a red tent event a that, red tent event that like oh god that sounds like a black it does, the way no! i said it no <laughs> i meant that the, i meant red tent event exactly it just rhymed <laughs> Um, so they, like, set up on, like, an island, and I want to say they were there for a week or something, and basically, like, women could go there and hang out and bleed. Amazing. I know. And so they sent her there, um, she talks about it a little bit, and she's like, I know I was sent there for the purpose of, like, making fun of them, but, it, like, they were the nicest people I've ever met. It was yeah. actually pretty cool. So she just gets to go to, like, random ass events and, like, write about them, and not just, like, write about them, but be, like, funny. Yeah. And commentate, and it... Sounds incredible. Yeah, I'm in. Where do we sign up? Uh, internet. Cool. I don't know. I'm not qualified. Yes, I am. <laughs> Imposter syndrome. <laughs> I don't know. Um, this is also where she makes one of her first big stands for something she believes in, or at least one of the first big stands that we know about. Mm -hmm. So, to paint the picture, it's the early 2000s or early 2010s, Okay. and America is deep into the war on obesity. Oh, yeah. Which is pretty fucked up. We've briefly touched on it. I think we plan to do an episode on it at some point. Mm -hmm. um, but this is the height of the very toxic diet culture in this country. We were literally being told that the ideal standard of health and beauty was being underweight. Mm -hmm. So many of the celebs at the time that we looked up to had huge eating disorders mm -hmm. or were using cocaine or other drugs in order to keep themselves thin. And we were told that, like, that's the way we should be. We were told that that was healthy. Yeah. Not only was it beautiful, but, like, that was healthy. Yeah. Um, all the while, we're also being served this narrative that the only reason anyone would be fat or overweight is because they are lazy slobs. Yes. Which is not true. And Lindy is what society considers fat. Okay. And unfortunately... One of Lindy's bosses at The Stranger was a believer in the war on obesity oh, and everything it fed us. Ugh. 
So he wrote multiple columns, blogs, and articles on the topic. In one column, he talks about how gross seeing fat people in low-rise jeans is. In the column, he states, It's an article of faith that we can't talk about how much crap we're eating, or how awful we look in low-rise jeans, without inducing eating disorders and millions of silly and suggestible young women. Our obsession with anorexia not only covers up America's true eating disorder, that we eat too much and we're too fat, but it also hamstrings our efforts to combat obesity. Oh my god. Ew. I guarantee you somebody read that and it gave them an eating disorder. Yeah. Yeah. Fucked up. Uh, He also has a passage from one of his books where he talks about the obesity epidemic and he makes the comment, he talks about like water parks in uh, South Dakota and how everyone there is fat. He says, the owners of the water parks in the U.S. must be saving a fortune on water and chlorine bills because of the water being displaced. If the South Dakotans floating around all got out of the pool at the same time, the water level would most likely have dropped six feet. What the fuck? Yeah. Oh, fuck off, dude. Yeah. So those are just a couple examples of things he wrote. Um, And he, some of these things he wrote, he wrote in the blog posts for The Stranger. So where Lindy works. Yeah. And so she's in this work environment where she is constantly being fat shamed, not to her face, but like in a roundabout way, mm-hmm. by her boss. Um, and she's not the only one who notices this. Like, it's one thing if she is, like, feeling shitty about it, but, like, other people also start to point this out to her. Yeah. She'll get um, she'll get occasional comments on her blog posts from people asking what it feels like to be hated by her own boss for being fat. Ugh. And it's just not, not cool. No. So, obviously and understandably... She gets upset. Yeah. About the whole situation. So she decides to write him a very professional email to ask him to please be more careful about how he's writing about fat people. I'm going to take a stab in the dark. Uh, I'm going to say that did not go over well. Well, to be fair, it was not as professional as she thought it was. Okay. (laughs) See, she needs to have someone (laughs) like you and I. She should have emailed usabpodcast at gmail.com. We would have let her know the number of emails that I've sent Carissa um being yeah. like how is my uh, my sass meter yep. where am i sitting yep so the email she wrote was a little more aggressive than she probably originally intended uh but it's still incredible like i'm on the fence because part of me is like this is not professional but part right. of me is also like he's being a total douche yeah and deserved to be called out yeah so she wrote to dan savage the subject line is hello could you lay off the fat people shit she says just curious, who are these hordes of fat people chasing you around insisting that eating pot pies all day is awesome and good for your health? Because, um, I don't believe you. That sounds like a straw man, and I know some of your best friends are fat or whatever, but you sound like a bigot. Also, your super fucking obvious regressive point has been made. Everyone in the world already thinks fat people are lazy and gross. We get it. You are not breaking ground here. And just so you know, on top of the trolls who call me a fat, cunty virgin every day of my life, I now get trolls asking me, how does it feel to know your boss thinks you're a disgusting cow? Being fat is its own punishment. I don't give a shit if you think I lie on the couch all day under the Dorito funnel. I'd just rather not be abused on the internet from inside my own workplace. Just a thought. Wow. Right? Wow. Incredible. So his response... It's nine words long. 
I don't know exactly what those words are, but basically he just asks her if he has, if she has ever detected any animus from him personally. I don't think she has to. No! That's like being homophobic on the internet. Yeah. But then telling your gay coworker, like, oh, I've never said anything homophobic to you, so it doesn't count. Yeah, no. <sighs> nice try, sir. But it really wasn't. It was a it was a horrible, horrible try. Yeah. She calls him out on it. Good. She emails him back and says, Sorry I hurt your feelings? My point's again. Being fat is its own punishment. Every day. Fat people know they're fat and that the rest of the world thinks they're disgusting. Have you experienced pop culture re- recently? You are crusading for a stereotype that is already the majority opinion. Why bother? Why is this interesting? There is no army of fat acceptance warriors poised to overthrow the earth and force feed you gravy. Don't worry, all the stereotypes about fat people are solidly intact. I'm being sincere here. I don't really think you're a bigot. I just think you're acting like one. That is the best line. This is a really painful thing that I wake up every morning and I go to sleep with every night and I'm not even that fat. And he never responds. So Lindy's a badass. Yeah. He continues to write semi-recently. Or semi-regularly. Of course he fucking does. About the obesity epidemic. And Lindy is kind of like, well, the fuck ever, I tried. Yeah. And goes back to ignoring him. For a while. But as he continues, she eventually decides, screw this. I'm not going to put up with this anymore. Mm-hmm. So she writes about it. Publicly. Ooh, yes, she does. She writes a blog on The Stranger's blog called Hello, I Am Fat, where she calls out fat shaming in general, and she directly calls out Dan Savage. Yes. So I'm going to read you a couple of my favorite passages, but please, please, please go read this for yourself. All of it, because it is incredible you can find it on the stranger.com slash slog it is titled hello i am fat or if you like google hello i am fat blog lindy you'll find it yeah so some of my favorite parts include uh she starts by sharing a full body picture of herself complete with her age height and weight okay um and she writes this is my body over there see it i have lived in this body my whole life I have never wanted anything as much as I have wanted a new body. I am aware every day that other people find my body disgusting. I always thought that someday, when I finally stop failing, I will become smaller. And when I become smaller, literally everything will get better. There is not a fat person on earth who hasn't lived this way. Clearly, this is a terrible way to exist. Also, strangely enough, it did not cause me to become thin. So I do not believe any of it anymore because fuck it very much. This is my body. It is mine. I am not ashamed of it in any way. In fact, I love everything about it. Men find it attractive. Clothes look awesome on it. My brain rides around on it all day and comes up with funny jokes. Also, I don't have to justify its awesomeness, attractiveness, healthiness, usefulness to anyone because it is mine, not yours. She then calls out Dan Savage directly. She links to passages that he has written and published that shame or hurt people. She then says, 
I get that you think you're actually helping people and society by contributing to the fucking alp of shame that crushes every fat person every day of their lives, but you're not helping. Shame doesn't work. Diets don't work. Shame is a tool of oppression, not change. Oh my gosh. I love it. Then she writes a shit ton more. She calls out his BS. Again, please go read all of it yourself because it is incredible. And she ends with a lottie fucking da. I love it. It's amazing. I just bookmarked it on my phone. (gasps) Yay. I'm going to read it. She forgot that he was out of the office. (laughs) (laughs) So he's like on vacation. (laughs) So he comes back. He like reads it on the plane. Oh my gosh. After this like beautiful relaxing vacation, I'm sure. And uh, he responds, I believe, from the plane, in his own public blog post. Oh! Entitled, which at the bottom, if you go to it, you'll see it says, like, read Dan Savage's response here. Okay. His blog post is entitled, Hello, I am not the enemy. Okay. Okay, sir. Yeah. It was three times as long as Lindy's post, which is already decently long. Uh, I'm not going to read you it, obviously. Um, but he tries to clear some things up. He says, one, he's not really her boss. He's like, so it's one of those weird situations where, like, he didn't hire her. He doesn't have the power to fire her. Like, yeah. he probably could get her fired if he wanted. Yeah. He doesn't edit her work, but, like, he's still in a position of power above her somehow. Okay. But he's like, I'm not technically her boss. Well, if that's what you're getting hung up on, sir, I think you missed the message. Uh, he, he also says he loves Lindy. She's a brilliant writer. She's hilarious, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Uh, he then tries to say that she pulled his quote about low-rise jeans out of context. That he wasn't just critical of overweight or obese women in low-rise jeans and midriff-bearing tops, but most women who didn't have the right proportions to pull off that look, and most women don't look good in those um, outfits, not just fat women. Um, Dan... Dan, is it? Dan, yes. Dan, what are the correct proportions to wear uh, low-rise jeans and midriff tops? Um, Have you ever seen a person with an eating disorder? Yes. There it is. Mm, don't like that. Nope. Nope. Uh, yeah. Again, it's not really saying much, Dan, because the only people who look good in the early 2000s in, in those outfits were people who were underweight. So. Yeah. Not helpful. Yeah. Uh, He's really snarky. He doesn't really apologize for anything. He's just really defensive, makes a lot of excuses. Oh, because he didn't think he did anything wrong. Right? Oh, God, I forgot about this. This is my favorite part. I roll. He tries to make a point that he obviously doesn't hate fat people because he's currently writing this blog post as he's sitting next to a fat person on the plane that he shared his New York Times with, and he even let her do the crossword. Oh! So he couldn't possibly wow. hate fat people! How big of you, Dan? But not too big, no. because you wouldn't want... No. You wouldn't look good in low-rise jeans. No, no. I would like to see him in, in low-rise, low-rise jeans? jeans and a midriff top. Same. So... I don't think you could pull it off, Dan. You know where to reach us. So basically, he just misses the whole point. At one point, he says, oh, God, this makes me so mad. I am not responsible for your shame. 
You arrived at my po- at my posts with your shame. My posts didn't create it. And then he tries to project her, or he tries to accuse her of projecting. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. The next day, the company had a meeting about how Lindy had hurt Dan's feelings. Oh. And no one acknowledged oh. the fact that, like, Dan was making it kind of a hostile work environment. God, poor Dan. I know. Poor Dan and his little, his feelings. His tiny little feelings. Yeah. Oh. His tiny little ego. It's okay, Dan. I know. The good news. In the end, we don't have the full story, but in the end, Lindy and Dan did work it out. Okay. Thank fucking God. Yeah. Um, They went and grabbed a beer one day a few weeks later and had a face-to-face conversation. And Lindy said some things that finally clicked. Mm-hmm. And then after that, he, like, I think she kind of, like, made him think differently. And Good. eventually he changed his thoughts. And today Lindy says that Dan knows she's not, uh, the Dan she knows is nothing like the Dan from that period of time. Good. She's, like, reading that. I almost don't believe it's from him because he doesn't think like that anymore. Um, And I honestly think a lot of that is because Lindy stood up for herself and confronted him. Um, She also started to receive emails from people saying that her post, her Hello, I Am Fat post, made their lives better. Oh, It emboldened them. It gave them the strength to set boundaries or it just, um, like, taught them to be more gentle with themselves. Oh, I love that. So that's incredible. And that is not the only time she has been a badass or spoken up against a huge, harmful social norm. Do tell. Let's fast forward a little bit. Lindy is a huge comedy fan. I mean, she's always been a huge comedy fan. But yeah. She grew up in Seattle when a lot of the greats were getting their start. A lot of them started in the uh, comedy scene in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And she's the type of person that listens to comedy specials to fall asleep. And she's constantly in comedy shows. I, I do that too! Lindy! We're the same. Um, Except she's much more badass than I am. Much more. Listen, we have time. (sighs) Not a lot. (laughs) As my bones are creaking, (laughs) trying to figure out how I can adjust to not Uh, make my muscles cramp. Yeah, right. Um. So Lindy's a huge comedy fan, but she has always been annoyed by a certain set of jokes: jokes that stigmatize people, jokes that are sexist, racist, Mm -hmm. transphobic. And especially, rape jokes. Yes. So at the time, 90s, early thousands, rape jokes were huge. Mm-hmm. And they were totally normal. And all of the male comedians told them. I think yep. very few, if any, female joke, female comedians yep. told rape jokes. Yep. Weird. I wonder why. Yeah. And God. no one... It's almost like it's traumatizing <sighs> for women. <laughs> what? 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 <sighs> so no one really batted an eye. Then one day, Daniel Tosh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I read that name and went, oh. Daniel Tosh told a rape joke at one of his shows. Yes. Uh, And he's also the type of comedian that likes to, like, explain his jokes. Yeah. I think it's Because they're not actually that funny and people don't get them, so then he has to explain them. And I I fucking hate it. Yeah. It's just annoying. I think it's part of his character, and I just... It's not funny. No, it's not. It's not funny. And if you have to explain your jokes, then your joke was a bad joke. Yes. As someone who's told multiple bad jokes throughout <laughs> the course of her life, I can say, yes, explaining uh, your joke is uh, not the best. 
so he tells a rape joke and he starts going into this explanation yeah uh and he starts going into some spiel about how rape jokes are hilarious and they're never not funny um and a woman in the crowd not lindy but another woman speaks up and actually says actually rape jokes are never funny yes daniel tosh does not take this well (sighs) well his tiny little his tiny little man feelings are hurt i know so he responds by saying wouldn't it be funny if that girl got raped by, like, five guys, like, right now? And then keeps, like, egging on the crowd. And is like, if, like, five people just, like, gang raped her right now, wouldn't that be hilarious? So this... No. No, I cannot... I in cannot what... Fathom, in what world? I cannot fathom how someone's mind went to that. I... Yeah. I, oh, that's disgusting. So this poor woman ends up leaving. Terrified, I'm sure. Yeah. So she ends up tweeting about her experience. Daniel Tosh responds, uh, doesn't really apologize, uh, and a lot of big-name male comedians tweet in support of him. They're very much like, oh, it's just free speech. Don't censor our jokes. Don't censor free speech. Yeah. Um, and, like, it's just a joke. It's just a joke. Yeah. So stupid. And, like, some big names that made me really sad, like Patton Oswalt. Yeah. Was on his side, and it was really shitty. Ugh. So Lindy gets asked at work to write a response. I think at this point she's working for Jezebel. She gets asked uh, to write a response. So she writes a piece called How to Make a Rape Joke. Mm -hmm. And she basically says, The world is full of terrible things. It's okay to joke about them, but the best comics use their art to call bullshit on those terrible parts of life and make them better, not worse. She says, the fetishization of not censoring yourself is bizarre and bad for comedy. When did not censoring yourself become a good thing? In a way, comedy is censoring yourself. Comedy is picking the right words to say to make people laugh. And being an equal opportunity offender, as in it's okay because Daniel makes Daniel Tosh makes fun of all people, women, men, AIDS victims, dead babies, gay guys, blah, 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 falls apart when you remember that all people are not equal in positions of power. <sighs> yes. She says, oh, don't worry. I punch everyone in the face. People, baby ducks, a lion, the Easter Island statue, the ocean. <laughs> Okay, well, that baby duck is dead now. Yeah. So she basically says, when you talk about rape, you get to decide where you aim. Are you making fun of rapists or their victims? Are you making the world better or worse? <sighs> it's not about censorship. It's not about obligation. It's about, f- uh, it's not about forcibly limiting anyone's speech. It's about choice. Yep. Who are you? Yes. Choose. Yes. Oh, my God. And I a- got goosebumps. Right. And that's the thing about rape jokes is, like, they're always making fun of the victim. Yeah. Or, like, at the victim's expense. Yes. And I, like, to think, it's like, well, men cannot think, they don't think about, like, a woman's perspective. No. The fact that, like, a woman has had a traumatic experience, and when you think about, what is it, one in, like, three women has been sexually assaulted or raped, that, like... If 50% of the audience is women... Yeah. You've just lost 50% of your audience. Yeah. You are actively, like, traumatizing and triggering, like, 20% of your crowd. Yep. Yeah. So over the next year or two, a couple other female writers and comedics... uh, Comedics? (laughs) Comics? um, Also call out male comics on their jokes about rape and violence against women. Mm -hmm. The internet responds poorly. Because of course they do. Shocker. Again, their response is, women aren't funny and they don't know how to take a joke. (sighs) 
I will never get tired of hearing the women aren't funny argument. Right. I love it so much. Right. But God forbid we joke about your tiny penis. Right. Oh, right. It's just a joke. Yeah. Yeah. So Wendy responds in support of these women's posts. Yeah. Um, She has some public online conversations with some famous comedians. Patton Oswalt, again, reaches out in a, like, half good, half shitty response because basically he spoke out about these other two women that um, wrote about rape jokes. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I don't support your opinion. And then Lindy basically comes out and is like, this is bullshit. And he's like, see, this is an opinion I can get behind. And she's like, literally, my opinion is the same as these people. Yeah. But um, apparently it, like, opens up a conversation between her and Patton Oswalt. Yeah. And she's like, I'm his, like, biggest fan. And I met him once in, like, a like a coffee shop or something. She's like, this is not how I wanted to have our second interaction. Right. But, uh... She was then asked to appear on an episode of the TV show Totally Biased, where she would debate comedian Jim Norton, which, if you are not familiar, is, like, one of the raunchiest, doesn't give a shit. So, she's asked to be on this uh, show Totally Biased uh, to debate Jim Norton about whether or not rape jokes are acceptable and funny. Yeah. She's like, yeah, sure, I'll go on the show. So Jim basically argues, we shouldn't censor comedy. Everyone knows the difference between someone being serious and someone making a joke. Mm, It's just a joke. Don't think that's true. Yeah. Wendy, again, she's like, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse, but this horse isn't dead, I guess. Reiterates her point that she is not asking men to censor their jokes. She's just asking them not to be assholes. Yeah. She's simply asking them to consider the repercussions when they choose to make a joke that traumatizes someone who has already been victimized. Yes. Which shouldn't be that difficult. No. But apparently (laughs) it is. God. I don't get it. It's like because most men are not and will never be victimized in any way close to what women experience, Mm -hmm. they like can't comprehend it and i don't understand yeah she goes on the show she does a great job she calls jim out on a lot of his bullshit um the audience is fairly split the audience that like typically watches totally biased is just automatically going to be on jim norton's side yeah um and because of that she starts getting a lot of hateful and violent tweets (sighs) messages and comments for what she said almost all of them are rape threats of course they are so lindy realizes at first she's terrified but then she realized that these comments are actually the proof that she had won every comment was proof that she was right and that this was the result of perpetuating rape in jokes actual rape threats being Mm -hmm. made Mm -hmm. so she had her partner film her in her living room reading reading aloud many of these tweets and messages. Mm-hmm. Staring at the screen, deadpan and serious, as she read them. Oh my gosh. And she posted that to the internet. Afterwards, she started receiving tweets of a different nature. A supportive nature. Aww. Now that it couldn't be removed from like as a joke She's right like, now that it was related to the person and they could see how it actually was people finally started to see my point now major comedians josh whedon lena dunham 
even the mayor of Seattle, they were all tweeting things saying, I stand with Lindy West. Mm. Afterwards, Jim Norton actually talked about and explained rape culture on his show, which is, like, they made rape jokes all the time on his show. Yeah. So he actually sat down and explained rape culture, explained why it's problematic, and that by perpetuating it through jokes, they are, in fact, being a little bit rapey. Well, good for him. Right? Then Patton Oswalt wrote an open letter about rape jokes on his blog where he acknowledged that maybe men don't understand what it's like to be a woman. You think? Yeah. <laughs> but good. I mean. Yeah. yeah. And basically was like, yeah, we, I guess we really don't understand the true impact of rape jokes. Maybe you should, I don't know, listen to women. Listen to women. <laughs> Ever heard of it? <laughs> She also has an incredible story um, that I'm not going to go into because you can find this um, in her book, spoiler alert, um, and also on an episode of This American Life. But she has an incredible story where she stood up to an internet troll that was basically impersonating her dead father. He, like, made a Twitter account. No! He made a Twitter account with, like, it was, like, some version of his name that wasn't his name, but, like, she knew that's who it was supposed to be. And I think he found a picture of her. And the bio was something about how, like... I have three children, and, like, I'm proud of two of them. Wow. And, like, tweeted some really shitty things. Um, And basically, she reached out at one point and was like, why the fuck are you doing this? Yeah. And he was like, oh, God, I don't know. I guess I was just really sad, and I was trying to make myself feel better by putting you down. And, like, now I'm realizing this is a really, really shitty thing to do. Yeah. And they had, like, a genuine conversation about it, and he apologize wow and then he went on he and she went on to like this american life and like talked about it that's cool yeah so she is a huge inspirational badass she continues to be a badass feminist activist and writer she has worked for jezebel as i mentioned where she wrote on racism sexism and fat shaming she has also published work in the daily telegraph gq the new york uh, New York Daily News, Vulture.com, Deadspin, Cracked.com, MSNBC, and The Guardian. She is currently a contributing opinion writer for the New York Times, where she writes a weekly column on feminism and pop culture. Amazing. In 2013, she won the Women's Media Center Social Media Award. On September 19th, 2015, she co-founded Shout Your Abortion in response to the U.S. House of Representatives trying to defund Planned Parenthood. So Shout Your Abortion is a social media campaign on Twitter that gave people the space and power to share their abortion stories without sadness, shame, or regret Aww. for the purpose of destigmatization, normalization, or putting an end to shame. That's amazing. Yeah. So she shared her own story and then, like, encouraged people to do the same. And, like, tens of thousands of people worldwide have taken oh. part in the campaign to share their stories. So cool. Um... As I mentioned, she talks about her own abortion story, uh, as well as the stories I've told, and a few more, more than a few more, in her memoir, which she wrote in 2016. It is called Shrill, Notes from a Loud Woman, and I highly, highly, highly suggest it. It is so good. It is very poignant and also really fucking funny. She does one of my favorite things, which is where she'll, like, annotate something and put a footnote in yeah and the footnote is like the funniest thing i've ever read i love that so good i have it you can take it with you when you thank you i will it's also like short it's like 250 pages but it's like a small oh yeah it's like the size of my ipad okay or whatever this is nice so highly suggest 
Um, later that year, she won the Stranger's Genius Award in Literature for her book. And then in 2019, her book was adapted as a television series. It is on Hulu. It stars Aidy Bryant. Yes, Aidy Bryant! It is so good. Oh. So good. Again, I highly suggest watch the show. Um, And not only does Lindy's life and memoir serve as the, like, inspiration for the show, she is also a writer and an executive producer of the show. And we love seeing badass women in Hollywood. So good. So. uh, She's written two other books. The Witches Are Coming, which is a collection of essays. I have not read it, but I want to. Okay. Um, and Shit Actually, a definitive 100% objective guide to modern cinema, which also sounds amazing. So good. So she continues being a badass feminist, inspiring others, and challenging people to rethink their shitty beliefs. Yes. Go consume all of her media. She's incredible. Love it. Love her. Oh my god, I love it. Did you say that just now or did I clip that from earlier in the episode? You'll never know. You know what we will know, though? <laughs> As I'm like leaning over. Oh, I just had flashbacks to when I dropped this book last time and gave myself a cramp. Oh, yeah. Man, life is hard. Who's ready for Michelle Obama? Me. Quote of the week. I am. New section. Ooh. Michelle Obama on herself. Oh. She says, the most important thing to me is raising strong women and raising my daughter as well. I think that is the most important job that I will ever have. Love it. Lindy West is raising us as children, even if we're not biological. Yes. Love it. Yes. You know what else I love? (gasps) What? Social media. We're on it. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, UCB Podcast, across all platforms. Speaking of UCB Podcasts, if you add at gmail.com to the end, that's our email. Do you know oh, we have an email? What? Since when? Over a year ago. That's crazy. You know how many people have emailed us? How many? Not enough. <laughs> email us, please. <laughs> Bad bitch suggestions, topic suggestions, bloopsies. Literally anything. Yeah. Your mansplain stories. Yeah. Anything you want us to know. Yeah. We're here. We're here for you. Yeah. Listen, we're running out of news, so. We'll we see, are. We'll show yeah. We'll stories at the beginning. Just let us know. Yeah. We also have a website. Do we? Nope. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Is that it? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're also on streaming platforms. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Drop by. Leave us a leave us a line. A rating, perhaps. Someone's gonna write a review that's just online. a line. <laughs> Listen, I'll take it. If you give us a five star rating, I'll let you type anything you want. Not mm, not anything. Uh-oh. That was nope. I regretted so like, don't it. Don't be an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. We we have very, very low standards. Just we don't were. be an asshole. Bare minimum. We really do. You know what really high standards? Who? Glove compartment. Oh, yes, they did. When they wrote our song. It sounds like they wrote it for us. <laughs> when they wrote the song, Bitch, 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 which I took, hacked apart like yeah. a Thanksgiving turkey. Yeah. And then reassembled. Slash like the prices on Black Friday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then reassembled like our memories. Today, I don't even. Yeah. Um, I intro music. Bitch, Bitch, Bitch. Yes. Glove compartment. Lovely. I edited it. <laughs> As a pitch. 
Wow. Happy Black Friday, y'all. I hope this hour and a half question mark long episode got you through most of the waiting line on your Black Friday day. Yeah. I hope you're listening to this out loud in Kohl's <laughs> <laughs> or Walmart or Menards. Hi, fellow line people. <sighs> Don't forget to stretch. Don't lock your knees. Oh, That's how you faint. So true. Please stop trampling, people. Yep. We hope you have a fabulous week, fabulous holiday season, and we will see you next time. Mm-hmm. And until then, you can call us bitches if you want. But bitches get shit done. I like to bitch, 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 bitch.